Hi, I'm Latresa. And I'm Clancy. And we are a mother-daughter duo that shares a love and admiration for all things Elvis. On this podcast, you can expect a deep dive into the life of Elvis Presley. We will discuss books written by Elvis's friends, family members, and others who knew him best. We will critique and enjoy Elvis movies, concerts, and music with those who grew up listening to his music, watching his movies, enjoying his concerts, and hopefully inspiring a new generation of Elvis fans along the way. With all the misconceptions surrounding Elvis, we want to remember his life and his legacy. The man, the friend, the entertainer, and the philanthropist. This podcast is dedicated to those of us who celebrate the life of one of the greatest entertainers of all times. Let's Talk Elvis! Hey guys, it's Clancy and Latresa, and welcome back to the Let's Talk Elvis podcast. We are sorry we're a day late this week, but we have a really good topic for today's episode. But before we get into it, uh, we've gotten some more uh, ratings on uh, Apple Podcasts, and it makes our whole day, so I wanted to share those. Um, There is a five-star review from Ruffles Ruff. And it says, I have been an Elvis fan my whole life. Your research is fantastic, and I love hearing all of the stories about Elvis that I never knew before. Keep up the great work, ladies. Can't wait for more. Thank you. Yay! And then B.B. Johnston said, This mother and daughter duo have created this great podcast. If you are a fan of the King, it is definitely worth listening to. Highly entertaining and engaging. A must listen for all fans of the King. Yay! I'm so excited. Thank you both so much. We love seeing and reading those. So if anyone else is listening, would like to get a shout out, just leave us a review and we will read it on here. And we know we had some technical difficulties last week, so we're actually together for once. Yes. And... We're on my laptop, so I'm crossing my fingers that you can hear us all right and we don't have any more uh, glitches. glitches. But that being said, let's hop into it. One thing when I do polls or something on our Instagram page or even people commenting on our TikToks or Reels, people are really interested in the relationship between Elvis and his mom. So this is going to be a two-parter because we found a ton of good information, really fascinating stuff starting all the way back at the very beginning of his mom's life. And I'm really excited about this one. I think it might be one of our best episodes yet, and I think you're all going to love it. So I'm going to let my mom take it away. Okay. Well, I um, I tried to find as much information as I could, and we always look for something. Um, I try my best to find uh, the sources in several different places when we research because I do not want to give any information that is not accurate. And when we do give information, it is it is hearsay. I mean, at yes. best. Yeah. You know? I always want to say, and one thing that we've done for Elvis fans. We'll get hateful comments sometimes or I'll be on other people's pages and see all kinds of uh, back and forth. And honestly, all I can say to do is do your own research and come to your own conclusions. That's what we've done. Yes. And uh, we're not saying that it's factual 1000% what happened. We don't know. We weren't there. But we 
we come to our own conclusion and we're sharing what we learned. So if exactly. you want to know more, do your own research. If you find out information that we got wrong, or let that, us know. Or yes. That, yeah. Or that you, um, or stories we didn't share that you know of. Yeah. Let us know. We might share it on here. We exactly. always are looking to learn new information, but we just go off of our research and what we think. And we do try to find it in at least a couple of places before we report it to try yeah. to make sure. And, and you know, it's, uh, we try to get as, as much um, accuracy as we can get from people that, that were reliable. I've read books from, even from relatives that had the, the age his mom was when she died wrong and things like that. And so yeah. you have to be careful, you know, and yeah. we try our best to, to get Yeah, and we never want want to use this podcast to like push you to believe what we believe um, there might be some episodes where we we do kind of make our opinions known more we haven't had one of those yet but I, I feel like if we do we'll have a lot of information to back us up because right. that's why we believe what we believe but we'll exactly. let you know and if you have different opinions that's okay and and focusing on the positive there's so much negative out there and we could go on about stuff like that forever so we are trying but who to, wants to listen to exactly, all the negative there's exactly. so much of it everywhere exactly and there's so much positivity in the life of elvis i mean yeah. there's it, there's tragedy there's sadness but there's so much positivity and we want to focus on that so we're going to start out um most of the information that I came up with came from the book Elvis and Gladys by Elaine Dundee. And this book was written back in the early 80s. And she basically went to Tupelo, Mississippi. And well, and she went to Memphis too. That's but where she, Elvis was born, if you didn't know. She traveled back and forth from Elvis's home place. And she actually interviewed family members. She interviewed neighbors. At the time that this book was written, actually one of Gladys's sisters was still alive. And she talked with her. So um, the information is written about, it's, it's like reading a thesis or a dissertation. It is tons of information. I mean, it goes back to where they were in Scotland and Ireland and, um, you know, it goes, traces their ancestry back across the pond. So we won't even start there, but it is, it is <laughs> yeah, very we well laid everyone. out. So you want, anyway, if you want that information though, Gladys, Elvis and Gladys yeah, by Elaine Gundy. So anyway, I do feel like the information is accurate, but in order to set the stage for, um, for Gladys and Elvis, which we will be talking more about their relationship, um, hopefully next week, but we mm -hmm. are going to start tonight and I'm going to kind of lay it out. Gladys's life was very tragic. She had a very sad life and I say, we're going to try to veer on the side of positivity, but, but Gladys's life was very sad. I feel sad. like though, so I recently posted and made a reel on our um, Instagram page and it was of Elvis and his mom. And there's a ton of comments of on her pictures that she never smiled she always looks so unhappy like you it, this kind of answers it does answers it, it that question of, it kind you, of gives you, you the to, reason you have to dig into it if you want to know more about her it was she she had a hard life exactly she did so we're going to start with her parents her dad's name was robert lee smith he was called bob and uh, he was remembered as a nice guy a very strikingly handsome man with deep, dark set eyes, black hair. Um, and 
his wife was her her she went by by doll um her name was octavia lavinia and she went by lucy as a child and some of the people interviewed just about all of the people interviewed that knew gladys when she was younger talked about or uh, that knew um, Octavia Lucy when she was younger, they said she was the prettiest woman they had ever laid eyes on. And um, she had tuberculosis. They said she was a China doll, but she was basically like a broken China doll. And so... Um, now yeah. you all know how far Elvis's good looks go back. That's though. exactly right. And also, Bob and Lucy, who became called Doll, um, and we'll refer to her as Doll the rest of the of the broadcast. But they were also first cousins. Super weird, but also common back then. In the especially South, in especially. The South. But um, they're um, super weird. They're great, great, great. Well, it's Elvis's great, great, great grandmother was a full Cherokee Indian mm -hmm. named Morning Dove. Okay. Wow. So, um, and they were first cousins. So they both had Cherokee Indian in them. And if you know anything about the Cherokee, we are blessed to live with the Cherokee here. And if you know anything about the Cherokee, you know that they are, uh, they're a very beautiful group mm -hmm. of people. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Dahl was very religious. Most people who knew Bob and Dahl felt that Dahl seemed to enjoy her bad health um and of course it was in the south now this is tuberculosis which is a very you know a, it was a very serious illness but in the south when uh, when somebody was sick and they didn't die within a reasonable amount of time people talked and basically you know thought you were putting on or whatever <laughs> So um, that was a that was a problem that people discussed. It's still pretty common today. Also, <laughs> that's true. Still pretty common today. So anyway, she was very um, Bob was crazy about her. So after the first child, uh, they ended up with seven children. After the first child, she basically became bedridden. So, um, but Bob worked. He was not, from what I read, um, he was not a good farmer. One of the interviewers in the book recalled watching him try to plow with a new horse. They said he couldn't direct it, couldn't keep it in the in the furrows, and it kept losing control and having to chase it back down and then try to hook it back up, and he finally just gave up. And so thinking it may be the horse, one of the neighbors tried the horse out and managed it just fine, had no trouble at all plowing. So um, he, he, he worked hard. But he wasn't very good at anything except making moonshine. Now, he could really make moonshine. And so that was something that he did. And his family had to move often because um, when you raised illegal moonshine or when you, you made illegal moonshine, sold it. you couldn't stay in one place for very long. Mm -hmm. So he had this invalid wife and all these children, but he kept moving around to keep from getting caught. Uh -huh. Yeah. So it's a little um, sketchy. Exactly. And so throughout his life, he was a sharecropper. 
um, moonshiner, and he also worked at any any little job he could find. He he was a, a hard worker. He just you know wasn't very talented right. in different things except for the moonshine. But at one time he was walking seven miles each way every day in the winter time to uh, dig ditches. So wow. he was very very dedicated to his family. Wow. And um, I also read that any money that he brought in would be immediately used to purchase dolls' necessary luxuries like material for dressing gowns, fancy side combs, lavender water to cool her fevered brow, peppermint <laughs> drops, and her medicine. Priorities. Yes, priorities, exactly. So um, Gladys was actually the fourth daughter that was born to Bob and Doll. Her middle name was Love. Her name was Gladys Love Smith. And so she was the fourth girl. And you have a farmer, or wannabe farmer, I guess. Moonshiner. Moonshiner with four girls in a farming family. They were sharecroppers. And, you know, mom was an invalid. The oldest daughter took over the chores of the mother and took care of the mother. But you had the other girls who would go out and work in the fields along with the men. Wow. And they lived in a shack. She had two younger brothers, and then she had a younger sister. And I read a quote. It said, in all of Lee County, there was no girl brought up under more adverse conditions socially, economically, and intellectually than Gladys Smith. Wow. So that that kind of puts a little little bit into, into perspective. Yeah. Um, you know, it kind of gives us an idea of where she came from. Yeah. And one of the neighbors said that she had the sweetest disposition of all the Smith girls. She was a very sweet girl. She was lovable, winsome, and winning. And they also, several of them talked about how hungry the family was. It's and so I thought sad. that was very sad. Yeah. And, and they said that hunger taught Gladys manners. And it taught her how to be friendly, pleasant, and outgoing because she realized early on that she had to depend on other people for her existence. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the neighbors would talk about how she would come over to the house and they would fill the bucket with scraps from their dinner and then she would take it back home to her house and that's what they would eat. Wow. That's, I can't even imagine. No, no, we can't. But that's a hard upbringing. That yeah. Even for people who were, were hard up at that time, that's very poor. Yeah. Um, and she only went to school about four months out of the year, and that was in the wintertime because she was sharecropping and she had to work out in the fields uh, the rest of the time. So she, she uh, wasn't very educated, but she loved school. She loved the socialization, and I thought this was really cute. She loved to play basketball, and she and the basketball coach or the PE teacher would play each other, and <laughs> she a lot of times would win. Um, but she, they said she was a very good basketball player. That's funny. Yeah. I, I thought that was really, really cute. Um, and also, she loved to dance. Now, reckon who followed her footsteps yeah. there. Uh, she loved music and she loved to dance. And um, a Victrola, for those of you who don't know, that was one of the first, 
I guess, record players ever made. It had the big speaker. You see the little picture of the RCA, the little dog with yes. the big megaphone-like thing? Yes. That was a Victrola. Okay. So one of the neighbors in the in the area gets a Victrola, and everyone loved to have Gladys around because she was so cheerful. She spread cheer. Wow. She made everybody happy. Uh, you she would was not the, think that from her pictures. She, exactly. She was the kind of person that they always wanted around. Hmm. So she had these these neighbors that she would go to their house, and that when they got their Victrola, she would come over and she would play. And she would play the Mean Mama Blues. That was the first one she was hooked on, and they said she played it over and over and over, and she would dance. And then she played Any Old Time. That was her second one. And she would just, you know, just absorb herself into the, or put herself into the song, you know, and listen to it over and over again. Now where Elvis got his love of music. Exactly. Too. Exactly. And they said that she always looked nice. She always wore pretty dresses. And she sewed the dresses herself. Uh, I actually read where she and several of the neighbors, uh, they would share a sewing machine. It belonged to one of the neighbors, but they would all take turns on the sewing machine. Mm -hmm. And she was a good seamstress. And she made very, very pretty clothes and, and her dresses that she always liked to dress nice and look nice. So um, her dad, Bob, he got pneumonia and he died very suddenly the next day. They um, they were all, it was very unexpected. They were all shocked. Um, and the family was so poor, they did not even have a winding sheet, which would be a sheet that you would wrap the body, the body in. They they had to get a, a, a sheet from a neighbor to wrap wow. his body in. That's how... That's mm. how bad off they were. Um, and her mother was an invalid. She was 19 years old at the time. All of her older sisters had married. She had yeah. three older sisters. At 19, she became the head of the household. Wow. She became responsible for her mother. She had two younger brothers and a younger sister. Mm. And so she became the sole breadwinner for the family. And so um, she went to work at the Tupelo Garment Center. And uh, she was a sewing machine operator, which we've already talked about how well she did worked on a sewing machine. But she would ride a government-converted school bus to Tupelo and back every day for $2 a day. That's what she made at the, at the, factory. the factory. Yeah, $2 a day. And after a while, she really liked Tupelo. And after a while, since she was the sole supporter of the family, she decided to move the family to Tupelo. Mm -hmm. So she, I think they borrowed um, transportation from a neighbor and moved Mama mm -hmm. and the younger siblings and her into their own place. Yeah. And so that was when she was 19. So um, in April, which her birthday is that month, she was around 21 moving forward a few years yeah moving forward a few years she sees a young man mm -hmm. and she says he was beautiful tall fair-haired so she finds out who he is and he is one of the large presley clan on old satillo road and his name was vernon now old satillo road was a very part bad part of town um it was it was not a pleasant place to be but um that's where she found Vernon, and uh, they eloped two months after they met each other. Wow. And um, 
one of the facts about Gladys is that she was very impulsive and mm. unpredictable. And these are qualities that we later see in Elvis, Elvis a lot. Yeah. Um, and these were signs. These, this is, you know, this is proof of that. They knew each other for two months. She was 21 years old and Vernon was the ripe old age of 17. Older woman. So she robbed the cradle. <laughs> but interesting fact, as she got older, she never really would tell the truth about her age. Um, they mm. did not have a record at that time of her age. And she actually, when they married, she, I think it was 19, she said she was. I'm not sure, but she, she lied about her age. And of course, they had to lie about Vernon's age because he was only 17 and he was not legal age to marry. So anyway, two months into their relationship, they don't have the $3 for the marriage license. He's underage. They don't have anywhere to live. So they have a friend, Marshall Brown and his wife, and they take them to Pontotoc County. And Marshall purchases the marriage license that they need to have. They lie about their age. They get married. And then they go home with the Browns and they live there for several months. And later in an interview, Gladys um recalls that she says we just ran off like a couple of kids and at the time vernon dreaded telling his daddy about getting married and it wasn't the fact that it was gladys that he had married had nothing to do with her but he had a really strained relationship with his dad and if you ever have read anything about jd presley there's not a lot of of um of stories that um, paint him in a favorable light. And um, he was supposedly very hard on Vernon, from what I have read. But uh, Vernon and Gladys borrow $180 from the landowner, Orville Bean. Now, um, J.D. Presley lives on Orville Bean's property that he's that's the one that they are they um they share crop on his property so they borrow 180 dollars to build their first home it's a two two room house there in tupelo the one everybody goes to visit um and they built the home on orville bean's property it was located on old satillo road now they they borrowed $180, which they had to pay back with interest, but they also had to pay rent every month until they paid the loan off. So, oh, Orville Bean was, was um, he was definitely a businessman. So Gladys continued to work at the Tupelo Garment Center, and Vernon was a sharecropper on the Bean's farm. And by the end of June in 1934, Gladys knew that she was pregnant. Sometime around the fifth month, she was sure that she was having twins. Now, the doctor did not tell her. Uh, no one told her she was having twins. She said she had told someone she could feel two babies moving. And she was very large, too, at the time. Um, 
but she was sure that she was having twins and she would tell people that she was. She had a very difficult pregnancy. And um, in the book that I read, Elvis and Gladys, there was a, a girl who um, had known Gladys as a child and they had been neighbors. And um, she reports or she um, explains in an interview meeting up with Gladys again at the Tupelo Garment Center when she started work there. And she says it's in November. The lunch bell has, has rung, and they're going to lunch. She said she was walking down the steps. She was getting ready to go meet some friends for lunch. And she says she sees a pregnant, pretty young woman who uh, has beautiful, neatly arranged black hair. But she says that her legs are hugely swollen, and they're wrapped with ragged bandages. So this girl walks up to her smiling and she asks her, you know, are you, I forget what the girl's name was, but it was Gladys. So um, they start talking and the lady invites her to go to lunch with them. And she says that Gladys pauses for a minute and then she declines. And then she explains that she didn't bring any money with her that day. So, um, the girl encourages Gladys to go and eat with her and her friends, and they say, we'll, we'll cover it today. Don't worry about it. So she, she goes and she eats with them. And uh, she says that over lunch that she notices Gladys's ponderous body and the haggard expression on her face. Um, and Gladys is telling her all about meat and Vernon and about them building their, their uh, first home and uh, about having twins. And um, she also shares she is working in the ironing section of the factory, which means that she is standing on her feet all day. She's pushing a big, heavy steam iron, and here she is expecting twins. And so she was, she was really having a difficult time at, at that point and, um, and doing a job that really... Um, was unhealthy for her at that time. But she becomes friends with the other ladies that uh, she's eating lunch with, and they end up giving her a baby shower before the babies were born. And um, so we're, we've come to Elvis's birth. Kind of makes birth. you wonder if, if that, the work that she was doing might have had something to do with, with um, Elvis's twin brother. It, it really does. You know, they didn't have the, the prenatal care that we have today, of course. Yeah. Um, and there wasn't, you know, trips to the doctor and things like that. But um, the fact that that she had so much swelling and that she was standing on her feet. And she wasn't, I mean, she didn't have money for lunch that day. How many days did she go without having lunch and yeah. her expecting twins? Yeah, very true. Um, so, you know, a lot of different factors there. Just, oh, mm -hmm. it's just such a sad story. Yeah. But uh, so here we come upon the birth of the twins. And um, in a good housekeeping copy that is quoted in this book, I have not seen the good housekeeping copy, but the book records Vernon's account mm. of the birth. And he says that he and his parents, J.D. and Minnie Mae, who is Dodger, that Elvis, Elvis, called her Dodger. Elvis was very close to his grandmother, Dodger. She always 
She lived with them. She did. A midwife and the doctor were the ones that were present. And there's there's a lot of controversy over who was, was present at the time. But this is Vernon's account, so that's the one I chose to go with. Mm-hmm. Um, but his quote is, after what seemed to me like an eternity, a baby was born dead. But then my father put his hand on my wife's stomach and announced, Vernon, there's another baby in there. So at the time, I think it was about an hour later that Elvis was actually born. And I think the doctor was, was basically ready to leave. Yeah. And, uh, and then, you know, they discovered there is another baby. So um, Jesse Garen was the baby's name. That was the first baby that was born. And um, Jesse was named after Vernon's father, J.D., who was Jesse. And um, then Elvis was named after his father. Vernon's middle name was Elvis. So um, Aaron was a name they wanted to use because they had a very close neighbor who was actually living with J.D. and Minnie Mae at the time named Aaron, and they wanted to use his name. And so they named Elvis, Elvis Aaron, and they put Garen with Jesse because it rhymed and it went along yeah. with the twin theme. So um, that's basically how they got their names, Jesse Garen and Elvis Aaron. But Gladys just about died in the childbirth and so right after uh, she delivered elvis gladys and elvis were taken to the tupelo hospital and um, and they both struggled to live but if you know anything about the relationship between elvis and gladys mm-hmm. i really feel you know gladys she had a mom that was an invalid she lost her dad to pneumonia very suddenly and then she loses a child and I have lost a child, and I know that it does a number on you. I don't really, I don't care how long you get to have that child. That child is a part of you. And so I think that's the beginning of the uh, relationship that a lot of people talk about and, you yeah. know, try the to. The movie really touched on it. To uh, psychoanalyze or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. Um, but I do know the pain of a mother living, losing a child, and it is a very real thing. So um, in Gladys's mind, Elvis had experienced a, a difficult passage into the world. And she and Elvis had both lost a part of themselves when they lost Jesse. So that was, I think, and this is this is Latrice's thought, but in my mind, that was the forming of a bond mm-hmm. because she had carried both children. Both children were in her womb together, and I feel like that losing that third part of them was the beginning of that bond. And I also, it said it was too early to, which I didn't understand that, but I guess when they say too early, they mean because of testing and, and different things like that, medically wise. But yeah. they but they did say that they thought they were identical twins. Mm, wow. Now that's that is thought right there. But can you imagine two Elvis Presleys? No, the world oh, couldn't word. have handled it. Oh my word. Okay. No. So anyway, Gladys has this this very strong attachment to Elvis. And she's in the hospital, I think she was in the hospital about three weeks. 
uh, with Elvis. I mean, she just about wow. died. But uh, but the neighbors uh, told that she wouldn't leave Elvis, that she she was basically just about ill anytime she was not in his presence or whatever, and uh, that she never left him more than 30 minutes at a time ever. And they said that it was agony for her to leave him. She always wanted him to be in her sight. And I really feel like that was because of the fear of losing. Yeah. that The fear of losing him that, that made her that way. Um, and I also read that she never outgrew the maternal instinct, um, as a mother myself, you know, you have, especially with your first baby, you want to sterilize everything. You don't want anybody to touch your baby. Um, you're changing their clothes 50 times a day because you think of germs and, you know, you're sterilizing everything that touches them and all that. And then, um, as the child gets older, you kind of calm down a little bit, you know, and then Let by the time, by the time you got two or three, it's just like, ah, oh, they're all right. They'll, they'll be okay. You know, and, and you go on. But according to what uh, the the people close to Gladys said, she never really outgrew that maternal instinct and 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 lightened up or or chilled out a little bit. She was always she had that anxiousness that you tend to have uh, with your first child, and and the separation anxiety was a very mm-hmm. very real thing. Um, and after Gladys had. Um, Elvis. She didn't go back to work at the factory, but she became a sharecropper, and I'm sure that was so she could stay with Elvis. And she would actually lay him on her sack as she was digging or was, was picking cotton. They, she worked for a dollar 50 for a hundred pounds of cotton. And, um, and she would put him on her sack and pull him up and down the rolls. And, um, it says that Elvis was spoiled now, not for material things, but just yeah. for attention, just for um, having what he wanted, as far as as what she could I mean, he had physically give him. At he all did. Times. He did. He was. He was. And that makes sense later on with the Memphis Mafia, exactly, because he had to have someone there twenty four seven to be with him. Yes, and entertain him and. Like be at his beck and call. Exactly. I really, I really feel like the two of them, um, it's just, you see so many connections there to his later life too. Yeah. Um, how he was raised and we're all, you know, we all tend to be how we're raised that, that has a big part of who we become, but, um, people who, um, were interviewed said that the two seemed to be in perfect harmony with each other. Um, he wanted to be with her. She wanted to be with him. Um, they went everywhere together. They did everything together and, um, and they just formed this bond. Yeah. And then, um, moving forward again, Elvis is around three years old and Vernon gets involved, um, in, I guess you would say forgery or, Mm -hmm. or fraud, um, there's a check written here we have our our awesome little landowner orville bean again but you've got um a hog that vernon sells to orville and um apparently they had agreed upon a different amount of money but when orville writes the check he shorts vernon 
And at the time, from everything that I read, they were they were to the point of starvation. Uh, um, Gladys and and uh, Vernon and Elvis, they were struggling so hard at the time, and so they were hoping to sell this hog and be able to, you know, have have what they needed, be able to purchase what they needed. And you got to think, I mean, they're selling meat. They're selling a a a meal or well mm -hmm. quite a few meals yeah so uh, i and i don't know if they had other hogs or what but anyway the story goes that they changed uh vernon and there were two other men involved they changed the amount of money on uh the check so orville everybody begs him not to press charges it's just over they didn't know he sold the hog for four dollars some say that they forged it and put 14 some say they put 40. i don't know i'm just saying what i what i read but anyway you're looking at a difference of you know 10 to 30 dollars whatever give or take a little Which bit of is money a lot a lot that was a then. lot of money back then but orville knew that he had agreed to a different amount and he knew that the hog was worth more mm -hmm. and everybody at that time said they would have done the same thing that Vernon if your did. family was starving um, and someone didn't keep their word and it it was it was really i guess you want to say noised abroad or whatever it was a really big deal back then the way that the, the boys were treated over the check everybody tried to get them to drop it and he he would not drop it and so um, they end up going to uh, the penitentiary and um, they have $500 bail for each boy, each man. And um, that, that was a ton of money at the yeah. time. And the sad story, the other two men made bail and were released. And J.D. Presley, paid, Vernon's dad, Vernon's dad paid $500 for Gladys's brother to be released and left Vernon mm. in the penitentiary. So you got that to look back there. That does. Was. That speaks volumes. And it speaks volumes for the fact that you have, um, J.D. had a daughter-in-law and a grandson that were losing their support. Yeah. And um, and so uh, tragic. And here Elvis is at three years old, and um, so it's it's really yeah, it's not a sad like he story. He can get a job and help support them. No, no. But it, but Gladys was so distraught that even at a young age, Elvis he felt the need to take care of her, and he worried. He was so worried about his mother, um, and people that lived at the time said that um that he would uh, run back and forth between the two rooms in in their house and uh, and and looking for his daddy and then they said that he would go up to gladys and he would pat her and say there there my little baby and he would always he would you know mama do you need anything mama do you need a chair mama do you need some water he was always so worried about his mom and even at that small age he learned then that uh to take care of her that never went away that never went away and um and and so elvis had to grow up fast i mean he didn't he didn't have the luxury of um and, and of course being being a poor um 
sharecropper's son at the time too you've got to think they all had it hard i mean i yeah. don't know i don't none of them had it easy but to know that your your dad was not there to to lose that support um, and they just had to depend on other people to help take care of them at yeah. the time and i'm sure he was working in the crops as soon as he was able oh yeah oh yeah but he grew up fast um, neighbors said they remembered that he would cry so he would start crying and cry so hard that he couldn't even catch his breath over his daddy. No. I mean, they said it was so sad. The three of them, they they slept in the same bed. They lived there together and did everything together. People said they had their own world. They just yeah. were so. The whole family was one unit together. And so you've got here again, you know, you have Jesse, they've lost Jesse. Well, now they've lost that. Vernon, yeah. So, you know, you can just see early on how these things can affect the yeah. life. And then it really did a number. I mean, Gladys loses a child and now her husband has gone and yeah. she has the child that is her world to try to take care of. And how is she even going to feed him? How is she yeah. going to keep him warm? Yeah. You know, these things, it's just, it's just a tragic tragic situation um but the pattern you see a pattern where elvis feels the need to take care of mm -hmm. um, his family and this is something that followed him through the rest of his life um he felt like it was his job to make sure that his mother was taken care of even as a child partner and you know trying to take care of her um so I've read a lot in this book. It talks about he becomes the parent and she becomes the child. And I've read in a lot of situations and I've even seen, you know, if you have a sick parent, how the child will start trying to take care of the parent and mm -hmm. the parent becomes the child when you've got like an alcoholic situation, you know, you see these patterns where the child yeah. becomes the adult. And I think that's what happened in this situation where he had such a need to take care of her. And when Vernon was released from the penitentiary and came back home, he had the need to take care of his daddy. He felt yeah. the need and I have read in several places and I looked it up in three different places where he called them his babies. And I didn't want to say that without really researching it. Um, I found it three different places, but um, pretty strange, pretty strange. Yeah. But he referred to Vernon and Gladys as but his you know, babies. When you think about it, he's he's probably thought been like felt sorry for his dad and that what like what was his dad experiencing and worrying about him while he was in the penitentiary so of course he feels the need to take care of him when he gets back and of course while his dad's in the penitentiary he feels like he needs to take care of his mom so when you know it just makes sense how how he got to that mindset it does it really does and being so close to him and 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 you know he um he heard the concerns he mm -hmm. heard the worries you know yeah. it wasn't like he was not hearing what was going on it wasn't yeah. like anything was a secret to him so when he starts school his mama walks him to school every day he actually said that um you could that um he actually said that his mother would never let him out of her sight and um, I read that 
he his mom slept with him till he was 13 years old and um and and, I've read that. and i you know you've got the fact that i think it was the attachment the um the I don't think there was anything perverse about that or anything. People try to make all kinds of, of all these different suggestions about that. Um, you know, I think it was just, it was just a security thing with them. Mm -hmm. Um, but Elvis never spent the night away from his parents until he was 17 years old. Wow. Mind blowing, mind blowing. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he goes to school. Mama walks him to school every day. I've read where he would do something one time when he learned, I think we talked about it on another podcast where he, uh, rode rides at the carnival and he went home and his mama whipped him because he, she was scared. He was riding them scary rides. She also wouldn't let him play football because she didn't want him to get hurt. Exactly. Uh, exactly. That's, what, that's how she, he got his first guitar because he was wanting to play sports. And they ended up getting him a guitar instead, hoping that he would like that better and not be so sad about her not letting him play sports. Exactly. Exactly. So um, we're getting ready to wind down. Um we uh elvis and his mom basically had their own little baby talk and uh, and you know he talks about him and billy smith they basically had their own little language gene too. Smith. gene smith mm -hmm. one of the smith boys his cousin they basically Part had the Mafia. their own little language too so you know at, when you're around certain people i mean i know as our family we have little joke inside yeah. jokes and things like that so, but he called his mother satinin because of mm -hmm. her satin skin. He would rub her face and he called her satinin. And they had their own little baby talk. But um, we're coming up upon the time that Elvis um, gets old enough to, um, to break away from mama a little bit. But um, we'll talk more on that next week. We're I getting think ready. This is a good, we're getting ready to good cut it off point. here. So, Tune in next week for a part two. I think this has been some really good information you've dug up. A yes. lot of stuff I didn't know. A lot of stuff that makes total sense. Exactly. Um, for Elvis later in his life, some strange things or things, you know, that that are different than your average person. But um, we'll pick up and talk about his success and how his success... Um, how his mother takes his success and their relationship. Mm -hmm. So we're going to have some good things coming up. But until then, if you like what you hear, make sure you tell your friends, share on social media, leave us a review. Uh, if you don't already follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Let's Talk Elvis Podcast. And we'll see you next time. Have a great week. Bye.